Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, hour two. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show across the nation. I am delighted to have you guys with me. The phone number is 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. I want to talk about a, a, a what is probably should be a hyper-local story. I oftentimes try, because I've got so many stations in Georgia, I try to find stories out of Georgia that actually have national interest, so I can try to try to balance things out, um, keep everybody interested with stories I'm interested in because they're close to me. I try to avoid very hyper-local stories, though. Hyper-local stories are stories that, that you probably wouldn't care about, even if I care about them, because they're so local, they just don't apply to you. And there is a story not in Georgia, but in Mississippi, where I have relatives. My sister lives south of Jackson, Mississippi. My, uh, I've got nieces who went to Mississippi College. My parents went to Mississippi College, uh, and, and some of them still live over in that area. My parents live down in Louisiana. This is what could be a hyper-local story, except it is taking on national life of its own. It is a water crisis in Jackson, Mississippi. Now, there's something you need to know here, though, and this is why I bring the story up. How many of you heard of the Flint, Michigan water crisis? The Flint, Michigan water crisis was a major national story that got national political attention. The media covered the story relentlessly. It is not a surprise that the media amplified the story at a time the Republicans controlled the governor's mansion and legislature and the Democrats were trying to pick it back up. It is not a surprise at all that the Flint, Michigan water crisis became a national story because the media thought it could help the Democrats nationally and in Michigan. That they have chosen to ignore a story that is as bad as the Flint, Michigan story, if not worse, tells you everything you need to know about who is responsible for it and who it would hurt. The fact of the matter is Jackson, Mississippi voters have continually reliably voted for the government they deserve. They currently have as their governor a far-left progressive. His election actually pitted progressives against moderate Democrats and the progressives won. Uh, Antar Lumumba, uh, Chokwe Antar Lumumba, his father had previously served briefly in the position. He is a far left uh, AOC Bernie Sanders progressive and has mismanaged Jackson, Mississippi. The city is not a great place to live. I know people from there who have moved out of there as quickly as they could into neighboring counties. And the water system there is a disaster. It's on the brink of collapse. There's been a flood in the Pearl River. The Pearl River runs through Jackson, Mississippi. The Pearl River has overflowed its banks. Thankfully, it did not get as high as they thought it was going to get, but that has exacerbated the situation. Now, one of the reasons for the situation that is so bad and so problematic is that in Jackson, Mississippi, in Hines County, they haven't bothered to collect payments from people for their water bills. The water and sewage system is poorly maintained. It is antiquated. It needs major updates. 
Federal authorities have issued repeated warnings. The system's at failure. Uh, harmful contaminations are in the water. The city's been under a boil water notice for more than a month, and this has been ongoing, by the way. The city lost water in 2021. Even before that, it was having problems. Some restaurants are having to close down. Other businesses are closing down. The city has had to reduce pressure for the entire city water system because of floodwater infiltration. The low pressure issue is uh, all over the county. Also creates fire hazards because the fire system can't keep up due to the low pressure. And now they want a state bailout. Mississippi, under Republican Governor Tate Reeves, has a $2 billion surplus. Part of that surplus comes from the spillover effects of getting federal money during COVID. And so, of course, Jackson, Mississippi, a city that cannot manage its own water and sewer system, is demanding that all of the taxpayers of Mississippi step up and chip in to fix the system. Now, here's a problem. I, I'm not opposed in any situation, whether it's it's the federal government, our tax dollars helping a city in California struck by an earthquake or, or, or even the people in Flint, Michigan, or even the people in Jackson, Mississippi. The problem is, are they going to change their ways and do things differently? And short of a state takeover of the water system, I don't know that they are. I mean, they got a ton of people who they haven't even bothered to bill for the use of the water. It's not a good system. The state has, in fact, spent a lot of money to upgrade regional utilities around Mississippi because of hurricanes and the like. Jackson, Mississippi has one in 10 of the population there. There's a $2.5 billion surplus. But y'all, Jackson, Mississippi can't even figure out the billing situation for customers. And the progressive mayor doesn't want to turn the water off to poor people who haven't paid their bills. So if you're not going to take over the system and run it as a state enterprise, which they probably at this point should do, why bail out people who keep voting for more of the same? And ultimately, frankly, I think that's the problem here. The city hasn't presented a permanent solution to the problem. They haven't presented a comprehensive plan to fix the problem. You know, the city of Atlanta uh, had a sewer system problem for a number of years. It was a pretty bad problem. And they finally were able to get the state of Georgia to help with the fix the system. But before they could, they had to present a comprehensive workable plan and show how they were going to collect payments, how they were going to upgrade the system, where the money was going to go, who was going to be in charge. They had to give the state some level of oversight of it if they were going to use taxpayer dollars, and they did. People in the Jackson, Mississippi area haven't done this. The larger issue here beyond, though, the people of Jackson, Mississippi have put in place the government they deserve and are getting the results you would expect from that sort of government is that the national media has largely ignored a story that is very similar to the Flint, Michigan story, and it has everything to do with the fact the Flint, Michigan story could be used to weaponize the story as a partisan way to drive up Democrats in Michigan. And they can't do the same in Jackson, Mississippi, because the rest of the people in Mississippi know just how screwed up Jackson, Mississippi is. And the rest of the people of Mississippi are not going to blame the Republicans for a socialist mayor and his cronies on city council who won't even collect people's bills because they don't want people to have to pay to use the water. It's the striking story here has everything to do with how 
I'm talking about this as a national conservative talk show host, and very few national mainstream news outlets will talk about a story that if it was in a swing state in an election where the Democrats could benefit, they'd be all over the story. They would be all over the story. Look at the flooding in Kentucky. It got a couple of days coverage because it was so significant and they've moved on. When Nashville, Tennessee flooded in the Obama administration, not only did Barack Obama never even bother to go check it out, but the media totally ignored it. Flint, Michigan, oh yeah, it's going to get a ton of coverage in the media because there was a Republican governor and the Democrats had a chance of winning the governor's mansion and Gretchen Whitmer did win it. Coverage of situations like this should not be determined based on partisan outcome and increasingly in the mainstream media, that's exactly what happens. Very much like the situation of Mikhail Gorbachev. So when I was a kid growing up, there was this country called the Soviet Union. In 1980, the United States elected Ronald Reagan. And for years, American public policy had been for what they called detente, which was Uh, There would be a Soviet sphere of influence and an American sphere of influence, and we would hold them to their sphere as they held us to ours. And there would be uh, minor skirmishes around the world, but otherwise we would have a sphere and they would have a sphere. And, And the entirety of American public policy was wrapped around that. Ronald Reagan came in convinced we could beat the Soviets. There was no reason for detente that we were the greatest country in the world. The world craved freedom and we should push back against them. And interestingly enough, for all this talk about the deep state now, the precursor really was with Ronald Reagan and the Cold War. You literally had Ted Kennedy go to Moscow to try to convince the Soviets to interfere in the American election in 1984 to help Walter Mondale. I'm not kidding. That's in the historic record in the KGB files, and you will note how little the media ever talks about that. Reagan called them the evil empire, and American academics and members of the media went on their fainting couches because of it. One of the coolest stories of the fall of the Soviet Union was how uh, through the Vatican, Americans let slip a power plant plan for an, so the Soviets had old derelict power plants and the Americans, we use more efficient power plants. One of the coolest stories of the Cold War, sounds like, I'm surprised they've never made a movie about this, is working with the Pope and Margaret Thatcher Ronald Reagan let slip plans for a new power plant system into the Soviet Union, and in it was built the fatal flaw, which it would blow up. And the Soviets poured massive resources into building this power plant, and the plant went kablooey as designed. And the Soviets had a financial uh, scandal on their hands because of all the money poured in to build better, more efficient power plants. I've heard the story repeatedly over time. Uh, and I can't find a lot on it, but I've always heard the story, and I thought it was something that should be made into a movie. It just sounds phenomenal. The, the Regardless of its veracity, maybe it's apocryphal, but I've heard it from multiple different sources. The Pope, Margaret Thatcher, and Ronald Reagan worked hand-in-hand to bring down what Ronald Reagan called the evil empire. Yesterday, Mikhail Gorbachev, the last leader of the Soviet Union, the first, pre- first and only president of the Soviet Union, 
He had been the the uh, central leader of the Politburo and the like. Um, he had been, what, the general secretary of the Communist Party, made him in charge of the Soviet Union. He died. Had there been one of the hardliners in charge, there very could have been a nuclear war, and uh, Gorbachev let slip the Soviet Union onto the ash heap of history. When he could have fought, he didn't. He wanted reforms because he believed that the Soviet Union needed to be Soviet, but the communists needed to largely step in the background because communist policy was wrecking the country. They needed a period of what he called glasnost. They needed a period of freedom in the country. Well, the problem for uh, Gorbachev is he underestimated how much people would want that freedom the moment they got it. And the whole of the Iron Curtain collapsed around him. It started in East Germany, uh, it, it through Romania and Poland and the like, through the Baltic republics of Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, uh, the whole of the Soviet Union began to disintegrate around Gorbachev. At the announcement yesterday that Gorbachev died, uh, you would have thought from NBC News to the international press that Gorbachev was the one who saved the world and ended the Soviet Union. It is amazing how to this day, the National American Press Corps and the global press prefer to downplay the role Ronald Reagan, John Paul II, and Margaret Thatcher played with the end of the Soviet Union. The Soviets believe John Paul II, the Pope, was the biggest threat on planet Earth. For years, the communist Chinese would not allow the uh, Catholics to even come into China because they were so scared of John Paul II, given what happened with the Soviet Union. Ronald Reagan himself orchestrated the whole plan brilliantly and essentially bankrupted the Soviet Union. Now the Chinese are trying to turn Reagan's plan around on us. But the hagiography of Mikhail Gorbachev, the man did let slip the Soviet Union onto the ash heap of history. He did avoid a nuclear war. He did allow freedom to spread to the Soviet Union, but he was no hero. The man did not want to end the Soviet Union he played his hand poorly and caused the collapse of the Soviet Union. And we shouldn't allow these people to revise history and write out the heroes and make the bad guy the hero. Yes, he was a necessary component of it. And he wound up in the end being the, the, uh, the anti-hero, if you will. But the man did not want to end the Soviet Union. And we should not allow that to be glossed over as the Soviet Union collapsed around him. And we should not play him up at the expense of Ronald Reagan, who had the foresight to shake up American foreign policy and say there's no reason for detente we can beat these people without a shot being fired, and by God, Ronald Reagan beat them, and history puts him on top. Everybody asked me about bowl and branch sheets. I actually put up a picture the other day. We got some at our house because we order from them. We actually are customers. They're like, oh my gosh, are they really that good? Yes, they get softer every single time you wash them. I mean, they use 100% organic cotton threads. They're super soft. You get such a good sleep. They have just the great weight to them. Like I had a pair of sheets we actually threw away when we replaced them with Bowl and Branch, where is they were just like too light and also not very soft. The Bowl and Branch, they're perfect. The drape across your body when you sleep, absolutely perfect. Bowl and Branch uses the highest quality threads on earth for superior softness, for a better night's sleep. They've got over 10,000 stellar reviews. Their signature sheets come in nine neutral colors in all sizes from twin to California key. 
routine, you will feel the difference. And they're 100% free from toxins, no pesticides, no formaldehyde, no harsh chemicals. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BolandBranch.com. That's BolandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. It is Eric Erickson here, and you can text the word recipe to 33777. I've been experimenting with a Nashville hot fried chicken sandwich. I tried it on Sunday. I want to work on it one more time before I send you the recipe, but I intend to send you this recipe because, one, it was extremely easy to make, and it was really good, but I, I think I can improve it a little more before I send you the recipe. So, uh, right now, I want to go to the phones. Jennifer, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. Jennifer, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Great. So, I have a question about Title IX um, and what Congress has um, the rights to do. So, I, somebody sent me this um, article for child parent rights, and it's basically saying that the Biden administration is trying to propose rulemaking to rewrite the scope of this so that federal regulations will implement that to expand um, on sexual orientation and gender identity. Mm-hmm. So then it, it includes information on changing the parental rights, children's well-being, uh, girls and their sports opportunities and privacy and safety. And I'm just curious as to can, and it, it says that we have until September 12th to basically make comments on this. Um, and so I've went online and I've made comments about how I disagree with it, but it can they actually make changes to Title IX without Congress approval? Um, so Congress, the way Title IX works, uh, Congress has allowed the, the executive branch, particularly the Department of Education, to fill in the blanks. Title IX is kind of broadly written uh, and gives a lot of power to the regulatory agencies to fill in those blanks. Uh, and so, yeah, they want to redefine terms. So Congress essentially says uh, that uh, there has to be equal balance of girls and boys and blah, 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 blah. Well, then the executive branch comes along and says, well, we define girls to be not just biological females, but those who identify. And, and they say they can get away with it that way. I suspect there's going to be a parental backlash to this. The polling as much suggests there's going to be a huge parental backlash to this allowing boys in girls sports uh, is so a majority of states now have rules prohibiting biological boys from playing in biological girls sports. The Biden administration intends to overturn those rules, but they're deeply, deeply popular rules. And I think the Biden administration is going to really struggle with the current Supreme court composition to overturn those sorts of rules because, well, the reality is biology is kind of mainstream and popular. You know what else is popular? Omaha Steaks. If you go to omahasteaks.com, you put Eric in the search bar right now, not only can you get the all-American assortment from Omaha Steaks, but you can build your own grill and package, which is something we haven't done before with them, and it's kind of cool. You get great options for what do you want uh, as far as what, what your beef options are, what do you want for your sides, your dessert. You go to omahasteaks.com, you put Eric in the search bar, you see the all-American assortment, which is some of the very best of Omaha Steaks, but you get to pick as well different sides and options like that. Is It's really clever how they've done it, and whichever one you pick, you get 12 of their Omaha Steak burgers for free. These are not your standard ground chuck burgers. These are the Omaha Steak Burgers. They are delicious and flavorful burgers, and you get so much more with the whole package. I kind of enjoy, I'm glad they did this, the the build your own grilling package. 
But if you just want to get some of the best of the best, get the All-American Assortment because you get the butcher cut double trim fillets, you get the boneless pork chops, the chicken breast, the gourmet jumbo franks, you get those burgers for free and you get the caramel apple tartlets. You can choose though, if you want to scroll down on the side after you put Eric in to build your perfect menu and get other stuff. If you want to try stuff from Omaha Steaks, you get over 50% off omahasteaks.com slash Eric. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here nationwide, the phone number if you want to be on the show. 877-973-7425. Always delighted to hear from you. I want to go back to the phones and go to Stacy. Stacy, welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. I think her st- uh, call screener is fabulous. Oh, my so, gosh. Stop it. Off. Stop it. Uh, you know, it's his birthday, too. I forgot to wish him a happy, well, happy birthday, birthday on the air. Happy birthday. He's I wanted to jump now. off. I wanted to jump off on uh, the Title IX and Title VII. In a northern suburb of Atlanta, our school system has allowed the school counselor to email a student's parents to say, listen, if the student's father shows up at curriculum night, go by the birth name and the birth sex of the student. The student is transgender and spoke lovingly about the support the school system gave the student during a Board of Education meeting. I'm calling today because irregardless of where a person stands on a transgender issue or any issue affecting their student, what the Title IX issue will do and this dear colleague's letter that the Biden, uh, excuse me, Obama administration introduced, the Trump administration rescinded, the Biden administration reinstated, what it does is it encourages or allows or forces the school system to hide issues, especially about transgenderism, from the parents in order to get those federal dollars. When I ask the school system how, do, how are they uh, allowed to hide such an important issue from the parents, the Dear Colleague letter is what was produced. <laughs> and so no matter where you fall on this issue, if I wanted to support my students, my child, who wanted to and needed to transition, the school's going to keep that from me. I want to provide my student, my child, every resource available and support my child. However, me, my child, their medical team, their psychological team, whatever they needed. But if I don't know about this issue and the school is proactively keeping it from me, I can't help my child. So I need your voice. We all the parents need to wake up and understand the impact of this Title IX. It's not just males and female sports. It's a way that the school the system is forced to hide such an important issue about their child to parents. Now, you know, one thing I got to say here, Stacey, and I appreciate your, your, your thoughts on this. Uh, it's not so much these school systems are being forced. Many of them want this. They, they, they can say they're being pressured. But many of them want it. Many of these public school systems around the country think it's for the greater good. Really is just the, this this illness running through society these days and rampant within the public school system on this issue. Um, it, it deeply disturbing. You know, Major League Baseball, I was going to get to this later, but I might as well get to it right now. Um, Nate Hoshman over at National Review has the story. Like most of the nation's Major League teams... Or major sports leagues, Major League Baseball has embraced a number of left-wing causes in recent years. The league's website now boasts a social justice section that promotes texts like uh, such as the 1619 Project and White Fragility, 
as well as authors like Ibram Kendi and Angela Davis. And a number of players knelt for the national anthem during the George Floyd protests. In the wake of the mass shootings in Buffalo and Uvalde, the New York Yankees and Tampa Bay Rays partnered with a progressive gun control group, Every Town for Gun Safety, to tweet facts about the impacts of gun violence rather than the usual clips and game updates during the May 26th game. Major League Baseball's decision to pull its 2021 All-Star game from Atlanta in response to Georgia's election integrity law, meanwhile, was the subject of bitter criticism. For all the controversy, these high-profile fights surrounding professional baseball's flirtation with progressive cultural causes thus far have been largely symbolic. But one far less noticed and far more significant aspect of the league's leftward shift concerns its promotion directly and indirectly of gender transitions for minors. Under the auspices of LGBT-themed Pride Nights, fundraisers and charity partnerships that began in the early 2000s and were embraced over the course of two decades by almost every team in the league, many of Major League Baseball's most prominent franchises have begun to promote or fund groups that encourage or provide sex change procedures and gender transition hormone treatment for minors as young as 12. Other organizations promote social transitions, that is, non-medical changes in gender expression, including the adoption of new names, pronouns, and clothes for kids as young as three. This is problematic. The Detroit Tigers Pride Night encouraged ticket buyers to donate to multiple clinics that perform medical gender transitions on minors. The Boston Red Sox Pride Night, held during the team's June 28th game against the Oakland Athletics, made a donation to Boston Proud in support of their programmatic efforts. Boston Proud is an LGBT clinic affiliated with Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center, the official hospital of the Red Sox. They made a $200,000 donation. As you could imagine, the hospital services include a suite of hormonal drugs and puberty blockers for patients as young as 12, as well as sex change surgeries for adolescents. The Milwaukee Brewers also uh, supported a group that provides hormone therapy to minors. They also hosted a pregame drag queen show. The Tampa Bay Rays held the team's June 4th game against the Chicago White Sockets, made a $20,000 donation to Metro Inclusive Health, a local medical clinic whose, quote, trained providers work with the transgender community for needs such as hormone replacement therapy, reproductive care, and specialist referrals, including prescribing gender transition hormones for minors. Metro Inclusive Health also offers youth programming, including a gender talk lecture series open to kids as young as 13. The Cleveland Guardians also did it, helping a group that uh, handles transitions for youth as young as 14 years. See, the Dodgers, the Pirates, the Padres, the Oakland Athletics, uh, the Cincinnati Reds, the Houston Astros, the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Philadelphia Phillies, the Colorado Rockies, the Cubs, the White Sox, the Los Angeles Angels, uh, on and on it goes. Uh, all of these groups, I don't see the Braves listed. National Review, Nate Hodgson, we're going to have him on the show next week. Uh, major uh, issues with Major League Baseball actually funding the organizations that fund the transitions. And now you have the Biden administration moving on this as well. Uh, all rearranging society for, by the way, it is should be pointed out, a significantly minor portion of society. 
I just don't think that's going to go over well with a lot of people. I just don't think that um, a lot of the stuff, if probed when Republicans take the House back, which the Republicans are going to do, I'm just not sure it's going to sit well with the American people when they find out what a lot of the stuff is, is happening. Now, the media, of course, will gloss it over. The media, of course, will try not to cover it. The media will make excuses for it. But, you know, the media still thinks that they have a monopoly on the control of information and that if they don't cover it, you don't know about it. And that's increasingly not the case. It's increasingly not the case. And I it just, it's it's... Stunning to me that the Biden administration has, with Title IX, decided to pursue this agenda and advance these ideas and encourage schools to cover up the students who wish to transition and to hide from parents and lie to parents. And ultimately, if you remember, Back during uh, Obama's uh, re-election campaign in 2012 at the Democratic National Committee, it's the one where they booed the inclusion of God into the Democratic platform. They ran that ad that said essentially that the, the state is the only group we all belong to. The state. It's not just the state, though. They believe that uh, we, as parents that the state has given us the state's permission to raise children on behalf of the state, that your child does not belong to you, your child belongs to the state. It is a communist ideology, frankly, a postmodern communist ideology setting in on the, the government uh, run by Democrats. It, and, you know, there's no conspiracy here. They're open about it. They actually believe this idea, and, and they think that you are obligated to raise your children in certain ways, and they are obligated to protect their children from bigoted, Christ-to-fascist parents. Back during the 2012 Democratic National Convention, they ran that um, video that the, the state, not, not a church, not a local community, anything. It's the state. We all belong to the state. We're all part of the state. That's what they did. They booed God, and they said that. And more and more like MSNBC has run promos advocating the idea that uh, you raise children on behalf of the state. The child belongs to the government, not to you. So, of course, that sort of thinking leads the Biden administration to advance rules that allow the state through public education institutions to raise your children for you. And if your child wants to be transgender, well, good for your child. And if you don't like it, well, you're a bigot and the state can protect your child from you and not tell you. The state can lie to you to protect your children from you because they're not your children. They are the state's children. This is becoming pervasive thinking on the left. The left really does think you are only allowed to raise kids your kids, if you raise them in the way secular progressives want you to raise them. It's only a matter of time before drag queen story hour is mandatory for your kids. And if you don't take your kid, defect shows up. You know, there's a story I saw out of Colorado of a lesbian defect worker who was hitting a Department of Family and Child Services, was going to, to uh, the homes of single moms, uh, hitting on the single moms. And if the single moms uh, didn't return the flattery in kind, they could risk losing their kid. Now, that's a, a one-off story of an individual who was exposed and punished 
but it's only a matter of time before states start using a Department of Family and Child Services to push left-wing propaganda on families. It's only a matter of time. We see this in Europe where Christian families aren't allowed to homeschool their kids in Germany or the families get the kids taken away from them. There are people in this country who they fled to this country for religious persecution from Germany and the Obama administration made them go back and the kids were taken away. The left gets all sorts of wacky ideas from the secular pagans of Europe. It's coming here. The progressives wish to radicalize your children. They're done with you. You can't teach an old dog new tricks, they've decided. They're, they're done with you. What they want is for your children to be indoctrinated, and they want to use the public education system to do it because they've given up teaching your kids to read, to write, to do math. They want to indoctrinate your kids into leftism. And then, the, I mean, they'll provide for your kids the social safety welfare net. They'll tax the rich, you, me, and everyone else who's not woke, and our money will go to subsidize the kids whose lives they've screwed up through a public education system that failed to teach them the basics and instead taught them socially leftist progressive indoctrination skills. It's where we're headed if we don't take a stand. And I do think we have an opportunity this year if Republicans will focus on things like this in the economy and not Donald Trump to take that stand and ask tough questions when we take back Congress, asking tough questions actually is a very necessary start with all of this stuff. How deep does it go and how pervasive does it go within the government bureaucracy? It's something we need to find out because it sure does, from the outsider perspective, seem to be way more progressive than it was just three or four years ago. And by the way, it began under Trump, under his nose, without his knowledge. He's not responsible for it. So what the progressive entrenched bureaucrats within the Department of Education began advancing knowing he was on the way out and making way for the new way. The new way is pretty bad. Uh, the stuff we have to deal with as parents these days. You know, one thing you shouldn't have to deal with are the stinky odors in your house. Eden Pure's having the famous BOGO deal on the thunderstorm air purifier. A lister mine pointed out how it wiped out the litter box odors in their house. I didn't even think about litter box odors because we don't have a cat in the house, but it sure does. And of course it would. Um, it's time for you to go get the BOGO. Uh, the BOGO is the buy one, get one free on the thunderstorm. You buy one, you get one free. You buy two, you get two free. You buy five, you get five free. The stun thunderstorm will completely eliminate the odors, the worst odors, pet odors, litter box odors. Cigar odors, cigar, cigarette odors, urine odors, cooking odors, it eliminates them. I keep one in my suitcase, or my travel bag, I should say. It's my rollerboard, and I'll use it in a hotel room or a rental car if it's You can plug it up by USB. If you have a USB power cable, you can, like, you know, you plug one into the car like the cigarette lighter port and plug it into the Eden Pure. It works, or you can plug it directly into the wall. It's got the prongs to plug it into the wall. It just works. Now's the time. You buy one, you get one for free. This week only, by the way, so you've only got a couple more days. You got over 265,000 of these things sold. They really work. They're buying, people buy several for their house. We've got one for my kid's room because it gets kind of musty smelling because it's next to his sister's shower and she forgets to turn on the ceiling fan, but that's another issue altogether. <laughs> but they work. They really do. They eliminate odors. They also get rid of the mildew, the mold, and the bacteria floating around. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use the discount code ERICBOGO, E-R-I-C-K-B-O-G-O. On the front of the website, EdenPureDeals.com is the discount code ERICBOGO, E-R-I-C-K-B-O-G-O, EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code is Eric Bogo, and you get free shipping if you go order right now. You got till the end of the day, Friday, to do it. 
Hello there. It's me. It's Eric Erickson. I want to talk to you guys about something um, that I guess now I can talk about. We hadn't, we went back and forth on do we really want to pull the trigger? I want you to mark your calendar next year, August 17th through the 19th, 2023, wherever you are. I want you to come to Atlanta. We're going to do another gathering. For those of you not familiar with it, uh, we put an abrupt halt because of COVID, so we didn't do one um, the last couple of years. But in general, every year I have held a national conference where I bring in uh, the political and conservative luminaries. They sit on stage with me and they answer your questions. It's not come give a speech. It's sit on stage and have a conversation. Um, ask the tough questions. I, I have reached out to Facebook and asked, well, can I get Mark Zuckerberg? Come talk about Zuckbucks and Facebook and address conservative concerns. Uh, I'm inviting uh, Brian Kemp and Ron DeSantis and Bill Lee, the governor of Tennessee. Didn't mean for that to rhyme. Uh, inviting uh, Tom Cotton and Tim Scott and Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley and Nikki Haley, Steve Scalise, Chip Roy. I'll uh, get Rich McCormick, uh, who will be in Congress next year from the 6th Congressional in Georgia. I uh, got a lot of people I want to invite to sit on stage with me and answer your questions, not just give you a speech. I want to see if Mike Pence will come too. Uh, last time he came, he we let him give a speech because he was the vice president. I want him to sit down and actually chat with me. Uh, I would like to have you there with me. It'll be August 17th through the 19th of 2023. Now, here's the thing. If you're a paid subscriber to my daily email, you're going to get a really big fat discount for a couple of weeks before we open the door to everybody else. To be a, a uh, attendee under the paid subscriber list, you got to be a paid subscriber before we make this available to people. If you text the word data to 33777, you can sign up. It's free of charge to be on the email list, but if you want to be a paid subscriber, you'll get the discount and you get the daily stack of stuff and all the other stuff, but you get the good discount. A paid subscriber does. You text data to 33777. Um, my goal is the future. I want to talk about the future of the GOP. 2024 will be a presidential year. Yes, I am mindful of the people who are thinking of running for president in 2024. I would like them to be there with some of the actual thoughtful policymakers as well. I'd like to bring in people who talk about uh, ESG issues and what conservatives can do to fight back. I'd like to bring in people from, for example, Americans for Prosperity to talk about uh, balancing conservative uh, concerns about tech with technology. I would like to bring in people from Facebook, talk about conservative concerns with Facebook. I would like to have these conversations, and I'm going to have them in Atlanta next year, August 17th through the 19th, uh, 2023. It'll be a kickoff time. I'm sure there will begin to be presidential primary debates for the GOP around that time. I would like you to be a part of it. Uh, for more information as well, text DATA to 33777. Sign up. Paid subscribers get the discount. Everyone will get the information on all the details as it's forthcoming. It'll be in Atlanta, Georgia next year. The gathering is coming back.